The future of gaming is portable, so let's talk about the games in our hands, the games in our pockets. Let's talk about the future today. It's Handy Pocket. A.K.A. the episode I was born to be on. <laughs> That's right. We have a special guest here. He's one-third of the Retrovania podcast. He's one-third of the band Subtastics. Or is it The Subtastics? I believe it's just Subtastics. It's just Subtastics, although I also refer to it as The Subtastics 98% of the time. But it is technically just Subtastics. And he's a frequent contributor to Read Only Magazine. Uh, welcome back to the show, Jeremy Parmentier. Oh, well, thank you for having me back. I am. I have to say, I mean, everyone knows what the show's about because it's in the title of the show. So I'm not. I'm yeah. not spoiling it by saying this is about Burger Time. Uh, right. I think I'm amazed that I've been doing you know Retrovaniacs now for like seven years. Uh, I constantly was writing about games before. I was streaming stuff. I, I, you know, I did a lot of video game stuff. And Burger Time is a game that I love, and I cannot believe this is the first time I've really talked about it in any kind of detail. Huh. Wow, that surprises me. I, it's just, you know what, you talk about Burger Time so often, it's probably why I'm thinking you had covered the game. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, gl I'm glad you're here to cover the game with me. Yeah, we're talking Burger Time. It came out in 1982 for the arcades for the Deco cassette system, which was a pile of shit. <laughs> it was also released by Bally Midway or distributed by Bally Midway here in North America, uh, but they ditched that horrible device in favor of a JAMA board. Uh, are you familiar with the Deco cassette system? No, my, my arcade knowledge is just in playing them. I, uh, I unfortunately did not, did not get to go to too many arcades uh, as a kid, and now I like to go and enjoy them, but I'm not in any way an arcade expert. Well, let me flap my expertise down on the table. I used to review arcade games weekly, and we did occasionally talk about games that appeared on this Deco cassette system. Uh, what this was was something Data East developed, which was a kind of, it was ahead of its time, and the technology just wasn't there. It was what Neo Geo would kind of you know, make bank with with the MVS and the AVS with these cartridges that you could swap out and have different arcade games within the machine. So the operators would buy the unit and then they could buy the less expensive games to swap in and out and then change the artwork. The problem with the Deco cassette system is it used cassettes. I remember cassettes being part of like the home PC market. Sure. But even then it was one of those things that when I was a kid it was like, yeah, no one no one uses that. Well, loading times were really long and the media degrades pretty quickly when it's constantly going back and forth. Uh, so yeah, that's why it failed. Later releases of the same game, Data East would switch over to an arcade board proper. This game was wildly successful. Uh, back in 1982, and it saw ports on just about everything you could imagine that was available in the 80s, well into the early 90s. Uh, you could play Burger Time on your Apple II, your Atari 2600. Uh, it was across the pond on the BBC Micro, <laughs> the very successful, another successful piece of equipment. The Coleco Atom had a version. Coleco Vision, of course, had a, a version, which was a very good version. I, I don't know how many different ports you've played of Burger Time. I, I've played a handful myself. And Television had a, uh, a port. Did you play that one? Oh, that's how I know this game. I, I had, In Television. Uh, the Intellivision port of this game is, uh, I mean, okay, it, let me go back a step to say that sure. for the time, the Intellivision port was incredible. I mean, you go play it now and you're like, yep, this certainly is 
Burger Time, and it's a very, very passable version of Burger Time. Um, mm-hmm. But compared to the Atari 2600 version specifically, but also some of those earlier computer versions, it is the closest port that I'd ever played. I remember playing it in the arcade once or twice, but I didn't go to a lot of arcades as a kid. I got, you know, if I went to Showbiz Pizza, I could play it there. Or if I was lucky enough to to be allowed to go visit one on the three times we went to a mall ever, uh, you know, I, I might have checked it out there. But we had it on Intellivision because for the Intellivision, it was like their big licensed pickup they had you know right a lot of their games were kind of knockoffs of what you would see on the atari and then they did have some of their own games that were were interesting and very good they had a few licenses like the DD games but this was like their big like we have the best port of burger time and it was easily what's got me hooked on this game because i played i mean what this came out came out in 1982 i've played for 40 years i don't mean i played it once 40 years ago and then we've talked about (laughs) it today i've played it pretty consistently in every different forms that that i've tried it on including the going back and playing the arcade game a bunch on different collections and stuff since it was new so 40 years with burger time Uh, you'd never know it watching me play it but uh, i have played it for a lot and the intellivision is the one i played first oh really that's cool you didn't play it in the arcade first i'm trying to think of the first version i played i don't think it was the atari 2600 uh, although I'm maybe because I did have the Atari 2600 for a very long time, uh, well into the NES days. I, I think I played it in the arcade first. I know ColecoVision at least appeared to look close to the arcade game, whereas the Intellivision uh, had its own limitations graphically, where the burgers kind of had like a green hue about them. Uh, it, yeah, maybe it's... the Intellivision played better. You know, but you were dealing with weird controllers on both systems I, i'm kind of fond of the ColecoVision joystick though over the gold disc of the intellivision i, I i'm the uh, i'm the opposite i like the ColecoVision, yeah. but i didn't have one i had to play one at a friend's house and then i mm-hmm. did like it but he only had ladybug as i recall and donkey kong uh, their donkey kong ColecoVision was insanely good the intellivision yeah, port of donkey yeah. kong is complete trash possibly the worst port of donkey kong ever on the other hand I think they're in television because I'd never played it on the ColecoVision, but compared to the Atari 2600 specifically, uh, it is wonderful. It feels like the arcade. It's got similar boards, a similar design. It doesn't feel like they just said, oh, well, here's a game uh, called Burger Time, and we made an Atari game that's nothing like it at all, but it has some <laughs> of the same you know, same graphic level. But no, it, it's a, it feels very much like the arcade. Sure, sure. And, and the success of the arcade and its many ports would lead to several sequels. I'm going to run down a few right now, and we'll talk about them kind of quickly at the end of the show. But these are the sequels that came out. Uh, Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory, which was a Japanese-only release, came out in 1984. Uh, You wrote down Diner, 1986, for the Intellivision. Can you explain that? Because that's not a proper sequel. It's not a proper sequel, but the uh, developers of the Intellivision version of Burger Time, with Daddy's permission, put out a sequel for Intellivision only called Diner. It doesn't say Burger Time mm-hmm. Diner, but it has the same graphics. It has the same, like the same graphics for the, you know, the, the monsters and the, uh, and, and Peter Pepper himself. It feels like a true sequel to this game, or at least another, mm-hmm. you know, the same with like a 3D Mario feels like a Mario. It, it's kind of like yeah. that because it changed up the game style significantly, but it does feel like, oh, we have another Burger Time game with the Burger Time guy. It's called Diner. Um, and it okay. only was put on the television fairly late in the system, you know, 1986. So by this time, the, the Nintendo was kind of here. It wasn't in yeah. everyone's house yet, but it was, you know, you could see it at least in, on TVs or at stores and be like, well, that looks significantly better than this Intellivision sure. system over here. So I don't think Diner sold a ton of copies, but it is a, a sequel to Burger Time, at least in some way. Now, as a sequel, would you compare this sequel to people who aren't familiar 
with this game to the sequel of the original Super Mario Brothers to what they got in Japan? Is it just more of the same but harder? No, it is a it okay. is a different mechanic, and we'll we'll talk about it towards the end of the game because I have I have tried most of these, but uh, it, it at least feels like they tried to build on Burger Time without just saying it's Burger Time 2. So they called it something else completely. Another sequel was Super Burger Time 1990, another Japanese-only release for the arcade. Burger Time Deluxe for the Game Boy 1991. Then we had the Flintstones Burger Time in Bedrock, Game Boy Color uh, 2000. Bonnie, my burgers! (laughs) uh, Oh, then uh, much later, we would have another sequel, Burger Time World Tour for PSN and the Xbox Live Arcade came out in 2011. And it also came out for, as we were, in 2012. I believe this game is scrubbed from the servers now. I don't I don't think there's a, a way to play it anymore. Yeah, I could not find a way to play Burger Time World Tour. Um, and especially the WiiWare version, you know, is gone. But the uh, yeah. even on the on the PSN or Xbox uh, Arcade, could not find it at all. There's been a lot of progress with cataloging and preserving uh, WiiWare titles. So maybe, maybe it's still available out there. And then uh, finally, Burger Time Party came out in 2019 for the Switch. The original Burger Time, 1982, was developed by Data East, and it was published by Data East. Uh, the genre would fall under hamburgers, literally falling hamburgers. <laughs> it's a platformer. It's one of these single-screen platformers uh, that were kind of developed at and around the time of Donkey Kong. It was this sort of uh, iteration to the maze chase uh, game, but also it was something that we saw with, I believe it was 1980, this is off the dome, so to please hold your letters, uh, 1980 <laughs> or 1979 with Space Panic, I think was one of the first uh, ladder, girder, chasing type platforming games. Some historical notes, this game was originally titled Hamburger, but for some reason Data East in Japan thought that the name Hamburger was copyrighted in America, so they changed it to Burger Time. I think that's adorable. <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me so funny, but the idea of a bunch of Japanese businessmen sitting in an office and they're like, well, we can't bring it to the West. They own the idea of Hamburger. It's yeah, it, it, McDonald's is going to take us to court for Hamburger. No, well, you know what? I think Burger Time's a better name. I think they made a good choice by mistake. Yes. Yes. Akio Nakamura, who previously worked on such Data East games as Lock and Chase, which is a lot of fun. Are you familiar with Lock and Chase? I I am. I would not say it's a lot of fun, but it's fine. That's much more of a straight Pac-Man. It's not a clone. It's got some other things, but it's very Pac-Man-y. I like Lock and Chase, but I think a game that you brought up earlier, Ladybug, is a better version of that idea. Yes. Of that iteration of Pac-Man. He also worked on Super Cobra. And he led the development team for Burger Time. Nakamura came up with the idea for Burger Time while eating. What do you think he was eating? Uh, this is going to blow your mind. He was eating ramen. No, he's eating. Oh, uh, wow. Well, that is that is not what I was going with. Look at this. That's going to get cut out of the show. <laughs> I just want to make you laugh. Yeah, he was eating a hamburger and thinking about the process that it took to make this delicious treat he was enjoying. Uh, the game was originally released, as I mentioned earlier, for the uh, Deco cassette system. The game was very successful uh, back in 1982. It 
had a bunch of ports and it had a bunch of sequels. Uh, unfortunately, in 2003, Data East went bankrupt and all of its intellectual properties, or most that were involved with the arcade, were bought by a uh, mobile company called G-Mode. Which sucks, because it just sucks when these mobile companies are buying these kind of legacy arcade companies. But they're all like C-tier ones, like kind of what happened at Taito. Who's the other one I can't think of? Uh, you're not an arcade guy. I'm asking the I'm wrong not, Yeah, two. you're like, I, I, I could guess a bunch of arcade companies, but I'm probably wrong. Well, you know, Taito, I think, is a good example, because they got gobbled up by Square Enix. Taito just into the 90s, kind of like Data East. Their arcade division, like all the arcade divisions, were kind of floundering and they never really evolved like the bigger a tier arcade companies like your konami and your namco and your segas and so they just got bought out by i mean at least one went to square enix getting bought out by a mobile company kind of sucks shit in my opinion because there's so much history there even though i really do consider it uh, I know they gave us wind jammers, but <laughs> admittingly, Data East was kind of like a BC tier arcade company. They made a lot of bad fighters. They made a lot of bad brawlers. A lot. They they weren't a a trendsetter as much as they were a trend follower, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I knew Data East more for like their NES library, um, and and of course Burger Time, uh, which I didn't mm-hmm. realize was Data East at the time. I just knew I liked Burger Time. Um, sure. I do want to say that. For a company that has bought these rights or whatever, at least this company is re-releasing these things in collections. You can find a lot of their games on... I mean, they made a Data East collection that was on a bunch of the current systems, or not current, but last generation worth of systems, I guess. Um, but also, for example, the Evercade has several Data East carts that have yes. arcade games and other other console ports. So, I mean, they, at least they license these games out to things. It's not like, oh, yeah, we have this this whole library of stuff and we're never going to re-release it. I don't know, like, how Konami has the entire Hudson Soft library and is doing nothing That's with it at all. That's the company I was trying to think of was Hudson Soft. Thank you. You, you reminded me <laughs> by accident. But you Perfect. did do it. Yeah, Hudson Soft is the example I was thinking thinking of. And while I appreciate that Konami will license out their bigger titles like Castlevania, hopefully like Silent Hill, I keep hearing rumblings that something's happening with that franchise, or with your Evercade, where you're you're seeing some of those Konami titles uh, come out. Yet yeah, the Hudson Soft library is it's a deep pull, and in my opinion, Hudson Soft had. A lot more hits than Data East did. I do appreciate you brought you bring up a good point though. I, I appreciate that these companies, uh, when they gobble these little guys up, at least you know like a way forward can you know knock on the door and say, oh, can we please play with the Hudson Bay for a little bit? And they're like, all right, pay us and we'll let you play with the Hudson Bay. You know, I, I appreciate that at least they do that. Introducing Burger Time, the home video game where you're a chef being chased by food that constantly disagrees with you, like hot dogs that have a taste for revenge. Eggs that don't turn over easy and pickles that are very, very sour. Now for Intellivision, coming this fall for Atari 2600, Apple II, Aquarius, and IBM home computers. From Mattel Electronics, don't be surprised if you're on the menu. Wood Rad Podcast Network is a proud affiliate of AnimationLegends.com. Use our promo code RINGS to save at checkout. We're talking actual, authentic animation production artwork. One-of-a-kind things you're not going to find anywhere else. Authentic animation cells. 
background paintings, and production artwork from some of the most legendary, iconic Saturday morning cartoons and animated features. We're talking The Brave Little Toaster, we're talking Little Nemo in Slumberland, The Ultimate Spider-Man, X-Man, Ewoks, He-Man, G.I. Joe, and many more. Go to AnimationLegends.com and get real, authentic, one-of-a-kind artwork that you can adorn your walls with and save at checkout with our promo code RINGS. That's R-I-N-G-S, RINGS, at checkout. AnimationLegends.com Let's talk about why I invited you on the show. Um, I invited you on the show because you're a big fan of Burger Time. And why did I want to discuss Burger Time? Uh, It's because this year uh, I'm turning 40. Last year, Burger Time turned 40. And uh, I know Jeremy is 40. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I feel like our boy Peter Pepper was kind of forgotten last year with his 40th anniversary. You know, he's not quite a Pac-Man, and he's certainly not a Super Mario, and there was real no celebration uh, for such a anniversary for, you know, a game series that up until a couple years ago saw another sequel, another iteration, albeit, you know, it's third-party developed and whatnot, licensing out the character. But still, I think it's important to remind people about these older games because it's not like Super Mario came from nowhere. There were these other games that, you know, all the successes of the video game industry stand on the shoulders of these littler titles that paved the way through the late 70s, 80s, and into the early 90s where we were developing what the hell is a video game and what genres can we create within this medium you know (laughs) like as i stare down the barrel of turning 40 i'm like hey don't forget about me and don't forget about my boy peter pepper so that's where all this came from is just uh, an existential crisis i guess well i I mean peter pepper is no mario he's no donkey kong he's no cubert he's not even a frogger like he's just Ah, a i mean i like all those games and and i think frogger is probably closer to the 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 tier i would put burger time on right the the original burger time on his guy's got a name he's got a job you're equating him to a frog yes yes i am (laughs) because because both of their games are very similar in how much i would play any of the sequels right i like Mm. the original frogger i like the original Mm -hmm. burger time uh for the most part sequels to both those games were unnecessary and i just want to play the original in in its form and i think this is very similar also you know you look at a game like frogger or a game like burger time you you look and and you go back and look at the time frame they're trying to find ways to make games that are going to appeal to a larger audience than just uh, a bunch of 14 year olds in arcade game you know 14 year old boys that want to shoot things right you don't Uh not every game needs to be a space invaders not every game needs to be a pac-man what can we do to bring more people in and so you have Frogger. It's like a, a, a very simple game. The idea is you jump across traffic and you jump across some logs, whatever. It's it's a very basic. You can see what the game is. It looks like what you know what it's trying to portray. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this is a, an amazing space adventure, but it's just a bunch of triangles. Like this is it's got a solid graphic for what it's supposed to be. And Burger Time's the same. Burger yeah. Time is is a game literally about running away from food while you make food, and it looks just like that. And it's, I mean, it's and it kind of appeals to people who may not be interested in just blasting aliens all day. It's something a little different than what else you'd see in the cabinets next to this. We'll get into the mechanics in a little bit, but I don't. The the mechanics do not lend themselves to much more innovation. And Namco struggled with this with Pac-Man. 
Pac-Man was kind of lightning in the bottle. I think the only iteration you could possibly make was with Miss Pac-Man, which they didn't even develop. But Miss Pac-Man was like a better version of Pac-Man because of just small, small little changes to the game mechanics. But, you know, polishing it up. After that, you know, we got Pac-Land, Super Pac-Man, Pac-and-Pal, Pac-Mania. None of those games even came close to Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man. Right. These right. single-screen platformers, it's the same thing where it's like, to innovate, you're going to have to just throw out the entire premise or the entire mechanic of what was popular because essentially you're just doing the same thing. There is one change I'd like to make to all Burger Time iterations, but again, we'll get up to that into the game mechanics. I think you're right. I think that's why Peter Pepper didn't go much further than being this sort of character that's you know, in the background of your Wreck-It Ralph, right? And like way in the background or is a part of these collections where, hey, it's the Data East collections and it's the, you know, fucking bad dudes in Burger Time and uh, g- give me another Data East game that shows up all the time. Yeah, you get those Those two are the big ones, but Lock and Chase shows up once in a while. Lock and Chase is another one, sure. Yeah. It gets bundled. It gets bundled into things. It's not a, it's, it's a co-star or it's a part of an ensemble cast instead of Peter Pepper being the main star for uh, for Data East. Uh, Peter Pepper, uh, as far as this game's concerned, if we're talking plot, he lives in a Kafka-esque hellscape where he can only choose to either make a giant hamburger or be murdered by humanoid food monsters, reminiscent of 1988's Food Fighters by Mattel. Yes, I'm bringing up that toy again. I never shut the hell up about Food Fighters from 1988 because I wanted the entire series of these toys as a kid so fucking badly. And then like five years later realized they were just marketing dog toys to children with like G.I. Joe arms on them. Oh, I had one of those. I had, I think it was a piece of pizza with a hat. I had the cookie. And I was very excited. I mean, Food Fighters, just like uh, Battle Beasts or Muscle Man or any of those toys that were literally just mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a non-moving piece of plastic. But you were like, I got to have these. I have to. Oh, Army yeah. Ants. Remember Army Ants? You know, we could do a whole show on that. Let's not fall down that hole. No, no. Uh, no. I will say that, you know, you mentioned that he's, I think he might be tiny. I think maybe Peter Pepper is like like one of the Keebler elves. He's like a Keebler <laughs> elf in a burger place, right? So he's running around yeah. from normal size food and making normal size food, but he's actually a tiny elf. But they don't really explain that uh, uh, at all. I don't know if he's if he's dealing with giant hamburgers or if he was shrunk down in a magic ray. It doesn't need it doesn't need an explanation. He is clearly in a world where everything is way larger than him, yet he's still making burgers for some kind of giant thing you don't ever see. That's true. Who is eating these burgers? That's a good point. If he's regular sized that he's making food for a giant or wimpy That's there's a- there's a poll for people who are about 40 years older than us <laughs> <laughs> have you ever flipped burgers was that ever a job you had to do i did i did i worked at mcdonald's for a year and a half uh this is a very very close to what the actual job is like yeah you walked across the patties before you served them to people i believe that yeah that's very true and actually i think you actually uh these are more real burgers than what i actually made at mcdonald's so it works out all right so uh because you are a special guest because you are a burger time expert uh why don't you explain the game mechanic all right so you know how pac-man is a top-down view so you're seeing yes. pac-man but you can see the whole maze but it's there's no gravity involved you're just moving around the maze pa- mm-hmm. uh, a game like donkey kong has that gravity right you can walk to the left and right things fall down it's the side view of a donkey kong with that gravity aspect but you're running around away from food much like the pac-man ghosts your whole goal in this game though is to run across the different levels 
basically running over the parts of the burger. Once you run over, like, say, the top bun, it'll fall down to the next row below. There's four or five rows you have to run across. Uh, and then if, if there's a piece of food under it, like that it's, uh, I mean, a piece of the burger under it, it'll knock everything down one layer. So if you knock the burger down, then it falls on the lettuce. And then the lettuce falls down and it goes, falls on top of the bottom bun. The bottom bun falls down, etc. The whole point is to get all these pieces of burger to the very bottom row and then off to the bottom where there's like little plates on the bottom of the screen to make the full burger. There's more than one burger per level and the level ends when you've managed to get all these burger pieces from the top to the bottom. Uh, right. It's not as simple though as just running across these things because there's food you're running away from. As you mentioned, you're, you're either small running away from normal food or uh, normal size running from giant food, but there are sausages, eggs, and pickles, of which, by the way, only one is really a burger topping, right? You figure he's running away from things in a burger place uh, sausages are not a burger topping, although they are in my best dreams, but they're not mm. normally burger toppings. Pickles are easily burger toppings. And eggs, yes, I know you can have a fried on air burger, and I, I've had it many times, but it's not a standard burger topping. I thought that was, I've always thought that was a little weird that there's all these other things in the in his burger place that aren't burgers, but maybe that's why they're mad. These are, yeah. these are food items that don't get used as much, so they've gone bad. I don't know. They chase you the whole time, very much like the Pac-Man ghost. They they home in on you. If there's a ladder between you and them, they'll know to take the ladders up to get to you. It's not just like they run around blindly uh, in a, in like Donkey Kong. When you get to those levels with the fight, the fireballs, they kind of blindly move around. And you just have to avoid them. This though, they're coming at you like the ghosts do. Yeah, and I would argue that the AI of those uh, food monsters is on par with Miss Pac-Man um, with how they navigate navigate to kind of box you in you know they triangulate and uh you get hung up on the ladders often because yes. that is most of the game just yelling at the screen get off the goddamn ladder or get on the goddamn ladder <laughs> i don't that is you true. know i don't know if this is a bug or a feature but Peter Pepper don't want to get on that fucking ladder when I want him to get on that ladder. Well, he's in a kitchen. His shoes are all greasy. It's very difficult. I can understand <laughs> how that happens. Uh, but, yeah. but yes, on every single version of this game that I've ever played, the ladders are sticky. Sometimes it's hard to get on them. And then when you're on them, sometimes you're like, I'm trying to get on this platform. I can see it. I'm right next to it. My feet look like they're lined up. And you have to like jiggle the joystick up and down to make sure you're right in the right spot to then follow up, you know, walk off that ladder. Uh, early on, not a massive problem because the food that is coming after you, the, the eggs, pickles, or eggs and and sausage at the first level. I always called it a hot dog. Yeah, I did too. Okay. I think they're supposed to be sausages though. Not that a hot dog's not a sausage. Uh, I believe that it is. So we can just say sausages. Everyone I, know I what we mean. I think the difference between a hot dog and a sausage is the amount of chicken beaks that have been ground up in one or the other. That's fair. And yeah. Chicken beaks in one and hog anus in the other. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> both taste good. I still eat both of them. But, but either way, the, the, they're slow enough to start of the game. You have time to learn. Okay, here's how to get up and down the ladder. Not that later on it's not going to make you scream, God damn it, get off this ladder. But it doesn't start off where that's an immediate problem, <laughs> but it definitely yeah. happens in every single version of the game I played has that problem. The Intellivision always did, but I was never sure if that was because of the controller. Uh, until I went back and played the arcade a bunch. I was like, oh no, it's every single version of this game has yeah. the same kind of sticky ladder problem. And the Atari 2600 version, if you mentioned you did have that, is the hands down the worst version. I couldn't even figure out where the ladders were. It was not good. Um, but... But yes, it's you just need to a bunch of squares. It, well, it really is. It, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I know I say that a lot. People say that about those games, but you know, when you actually go back and play them, it's like, yeah, but it's supposed to be a square. It worked really well. Uh, this was embarrassing. How you know a sausage is a brown square? Come on, there, you can do better a than that. Big difference with games that were developed for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred and games that 
we're trying to be emulated on the Atari 2600. Yeah. Well, and, and you have the food chasing you, but unlike Pac-Man, there's no power pellet. You can't just find mm -hmm. an item and all the food runs away from you, and you can't, like, run over it when you have this power pellet and kill them. Instead, what you have is pepper. You start the game with five shakes of pepper, and as you're knocking down parts of these these buns, you'll see more, like, a little pepper icon comes up in one section of the map. You have to run back and get it in so many seconds if you want more pepper. Pepper works to freeze the enemies and it shoots out in front of you whatever direction you're facing you'll hit the button for pepper and it shoots out in front of you it'll hit however many pieces of, of food are in front of you of, of the evil food but mm -hmm. they ha it's literally like maybe a character and a half uh, like your character and a half version away it's not like it shoots all the way across the screen right it's not a range attack it's like you, you're literally shaking pepper in front of you real quick and if there is a piece of food in front of you they'll freeze and it's a good a good lengthy freeze it's not like 10 seconds or anything, but it's long enough for you to easily run through them and get away. Once they're frozen, you can run right through them. Um, and it's also very helpful because uh, one of the benefits to freezing enemies, if they're on top of food, they don't have to be frozen, but if they're frozen, it's much easier to tell if they're on top of a piece of the burger. If you then f cause that piece of the burger to fall, it will fall farther. For example, if you're on the top bun by yourself and you just walk across it, the bun falls down one layer. If you have, however, one of the enemies chasing you, or if you can freeze them on top of that bun and then cause it to, to you know, walk all the way across it, cause it to drop down, it'll drop down two layers. So using the enemies, you know, as as kind of like weight on these when you knock them down will really help you speed up how fast these burgers get put together. Yeah, and if you're lucky enough to also catch an enemy that's between levels of burger makings now you're getting the multiplier on the score and that's the type of thing that's the type of mechanic that makes an arcade game last 40 years like okay so nobody remembered it was peter pepper's birthday last year <laughs> but burger time is still a part of these collections i can name hundreds of arcade games that haven't been played since they were originally released on a cabinet it's clever and it's smart it doesn't work great <laughs> <laughs> like, in my opinion, it's definitely a game that has a very high barrier of entry uh, for newcomers. I would equate it to something like your Donkey Kong or your Donkey Kong Jr. Where you look at it, it's cartoony, it's fun, but I don't get very far in it. And I'll keep coming back to it and keep trying to get better, but it's it never clicked with me as far as getting any better than, you know, when I was playing it standing on a stool in front of the machine when I was eight. It definitely is a little tough to get into because the first level is not too hard, but still, you only get three lives. You only get five peppers. If you use that pepper, you know, as much as you think you'd want to, you're going to run out of pepper by the end of the first level and be screwed for the second level. You really want to save that pepper for way later. And just learning the patterns of how the food moves. Yes, it comes at you, but sometimes, for example, you can learn that oh, the sausages will always take a ladder if there's a ladder. So even if you're they're chasing you and you're on the same level, if there's a ladder in between you and them, they'll take that ladder down to the next level or up to the sure. next level. They won't They won't just run straight at you. So you can learn how to game their moves to, to make sure you can, can escape them or trap them on another burger piece or smash them on the other burger pieces. Um, also, the... The fact that you can either smash with a burger piece or have them ride down, you know, if you can get them on top of the burger piece you drop, uh, also changes where they respawn in. So if you smash them with the burger, they respawn at their main spawn points on the corners of the map. But if you can have them ride down on the burger, unless they go all the way down to where the sand was, to, actually, even if they do go all the way down, um, they will respawn right where that piece landed. So if you have a guy on top of the bun and you drop the bun two levels, he'll reappear in the middle of that bun. 
you know to avoid that. You know they're going to show back up because one hit kills you. You don't have, you don't have like hit points. It's right. like any other older arcade game. If, if the food touches you, you die. So you know where they spawn in. I think it's much. Uh, it's harder to get them to you know walk across the bun with you and, and fall. But it's much easier to then manage where are these guys going to be because it's not like there's one or two pieces of food. There's four in the first level, five in the second. They, they speed up really quick. Later on, even like by the fourth level, I think there's six or seven pieces of food chasing you around. And when you smash them, they're only off the screen for a couple seconds before they respawn in. Right. And some of these maps, uh, you know, there are six different layouts for each of the levels. They, they're the same each time you play them. It's the same order, I mean. But it's six sequential different levels. And some of them are very narrow like there's there's two or three paths and in, in, that you have to make sure you, you you go up to get to the other parts of the burger and there's no you know some of them don't have really easy circuits like the first few levels are enough layers and ladders you can kind of do a big circle and you know go, go around the level till eventually you have the food following you to a point where you're like now i can i know what their path is and i can follow them the later levels don't have that you don't have a good circuit you can take a wrong turn there's dead ends in some of those levels and then you mm -hmm. have to go back through six or seven things chasing you around for food so knowing where they're going to respawn if you can get them to fall is an immense help but yes that's very difficult to learn at first i didn't understand i mean i played this game for 40 years like i said i didn't really understand that concept until easily like 2002 Right. So I mean, like right. when I was playing as a kid, I knew they could you could kill them both ways and that would make the burger fall better. But as far as determining how they respawn and, and really to, t to make that part of of the pattern, really, I mean, you need that to get far. I can get through all six boards fairly regularly once mm -hmm. uh, after that. Uh, the, the game speeds up, and I, I I don't think I've gotten through it twice in a you know one one credit and quite for a long time. But you can get through those six layers as long as you learn. Okay, here's what I here's the path I have to follow, and I have to make sure these guys fall on these specific buns. Uh, otherwise, they spawn in, in so many places on the later levels. It's impossible to, to to forecast what to do next. Yeah, right from the second stage, you're dealing with those narrow paths that you're talking about, and I always struggled to get very far but hey it's just, you know it just because it didn't click with it doesn't click with me doesn't mean it's a bad game by any stretch of the imagination i i brought up donkey kong jr uh i'm terrible at that game uh, keith the robo duke he's very good at donkey kong jr so it's it just it, you know however my brain's wired it's not wired for that or this or donkey kong but i i'll give this game a lot of credit for what it did because it built off of donkey kong which came out a year prior um and i would rather play burger time than play donkey kong that's not to disparage donkey kong and recognize how important donkey kong is is part of video game history and the arcade history and whatnot um but much like how I have this affection towards Universal, because Universal always, like, Universal's like, hey, we like Dig Dug, but we're going to change it up a little bit and call it Mr. Do. And I really enjoy Mr. Do. I think Mr. Do was a good iteration on uh, the Dig Dug formula. Ladybug, great iteration on the Pac-Man formula. I think Burger Time is a good, not great, but good iteration on... The Donkey Kong formula, more so than Donkey Kong Jr., and I think the pepper is a part of that. The fact that you can mitigate these monsters coming towards you in a way that's more than jumping up and grabbing the mallet in uh, Donkey Kong. You know, you, you, you grab the mallet, you get, you get the, the jingle, you're running back and forth. 
But you could still get, die when you're swinging the, yes. the mallet because the barrel hits you while you're ha you have the mallet over your head. You really don't have control over it. It's kind of like what came later with the Starman, only the Starman actually did make you invincible. The, ha the, the hammer, the mallet, not so much. It, you had to kind of time those swings and you didn't get to control when you swung it. With the pepper, it's like, okay, it's in my control. I can hit it if I really need it. I can use it as a strategy to lure the monsters. At least this is my method. I'll, you know, I'll lure the monsters over the bun, try to get them close together, hit them with one pepper. Cool, I froze two of them. I'll walk across the bun or the patty or the lettuce or whatever piece of the food they're on and drop it. That's a really good iteration on this. I don't think you can do much more with the standard single screen Donkey Kong past this other than making the character grab onto the fucking ladders better. Uh, but what I will say is I think Nintendo went back and tried to build on Donkey Kong or even build off of what Burger Time set up with Wrecking Crew. And in my opinion, Wrecking Crew is really bad Burger Time. My problem with Wrecking Crew is unlike Burger Time, even though there are dead ends in Burger Time and narrow paths, I feel like there's multiple ways for me to attack this problem on the screen. I know I have to make the, the set amount of burgers. I know that there are this many enemies on the screen. I have these peppers um, and I can go up this ladder. I can take this path uh, or, you know, I they triangulate, they crab me in, I get bit, whatever. Whereas Wrecking Crew was, here's a very specific puzzle. And if you take the wrong ladder after, you know, the first or second stage, if you, if you take the wrong ladder, there is nothing else you can do to solve this very specific puzzle. It's almost like a Sokoban puzzle where there's no, there's no backsies. You can't, you can't go back, you know, get a worse score. It's you're screwed. And now the little wrench is coming up the ladder to bite your butt. I mean, I see that. That's how I took that game to be intentionally designed, though, to be a level-by-level -level puzzle game more than an action game. Yes, there's action to it, where I feel like this, uh, Burger Time specifically, is kind of an endless score challenge. I don't feel that way about Wrecking Crew. I figure the right. goal of Wrecking Crew is to be all levels and you're you're done. I mean, maybe you go for a score because every early Nintendo game had a score for no good reason. But Burger Time was always like, yeah, it gets faster and faster. You cycle through these six boards, see if you how right. far you can get. I, I don't mind that a game like Wrecking Crew is a little less, I don't want to say forgiving, a little less inventive with what you can do to get out of the, the mix. Yeah, it was I, learning these levels. I, I don't mind that, but I can see the complaint. Yeah, I certainly don't think it's less forgiving. It's, it's a puzzle game with arcade action elements, and I, for me, those two flavors do not blend well with this single-screen platformer. I, I think Burger Time, built off of the, the Donkey Kong mechanic and uh, did it well enough so we're talking about it 40 years later. I don't think many people fondly remember Wrecking Crew like they do Burger Time, even if it's based on nostalgia. I know I have a lot of games that I played where I have these rose-colored glasses on until I go back and visit them. You know, like you'll see the marquees, the different games you can play on an arcade one-up. It's like, oh yeah, Burger Time. I love Burger Time. And then you go back and play Burger Time. You're like, Burger Time's really hard. I didn't remember it being this hard as a kid. I, th I think more people would fondly remember whether it's rose-colored glasses or not Burger Time than they would a game like Wrecking Crew. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the only reason I honestly even know Wrecking Crew is from the NES Remix games, because they mm -hmm. had that as one of the games there. And then it was like you learn each of those games through 10-second little bursts, um, like a WarioWare sort of, but based on a Nintendo game. So I, I didn't have any fond memories of Wrecking Crew until then, and then I learned it and played it, and I was like, oh, this is pretty neat for what it is. I've always looked at it as just a puzzle game with sure. action elements, like you said. But, yeah. but Burger Time, I think, if you remember it, and that's one of the things I love about these older arcade games, if you played it when it was new-ish and you remember it and, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go back and try it again, it's still going to feel like what you remember it playing like, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime I find these older arcade games in, in arcades where I hadn't played it in years and years and years and I go back and try it, I was like, oh, wow, like I'll find Tapper. You know, I, I like Tapper and I played mm -hmm. it, but I'm not like, I, I haven't played Tapper like Burger Time, but every time I go into it, it's exactly what I remember. It's not like it's like, oh, I remember this being better, but I like Tapper. It plays just like it. My wife kicks ass in Tapper and she played it for the first time I gosh maybe 10 years ago when we were at Fun Spot like we went to Fun Spot and she's like this looks neat and for whatever reason that game just clicked with her <laughs> she was just pouring beers and throwing them because it was the Budweiser version that they had of course of up course. there and uh, yeah she like she got the high score on the machine that day I don't know if she's going into you know any uh, high score world records to get a placard or anything but yeah she's much better than me yeah I just find these old arcade games and same with the, the same reason I think NES games kind of hold up pretty well versus PlayStation games right mm. they're exactly as you remember them they do what they do fairly well um, but they didn't try to push the, the, the envelope like 3D did. Early 3D, everyone's, everything's early 3D. was like, oh man, look how great this looks. It's all in 3D. You play them now, you're like, this is a blocky mess. Where a game like Burger Time, sure, it's a bunch of blocks, but it's very crisp and very clear what you're doing. Yeah, you couldn't mess around too much in the arcades either. Like we would see goofy things on the Atari consoles or in television or ColecoVision where they were trying to emulate PC games with the keypads. It would and the overlays and it's just like this is way too convoluted for an Atari 2600 game whether it be E.T. or the Indiana Jones game you know collecting items navigating menus you know the, the console was built to play combat and pong it wasn't meant to be a PC alternative uh, ColecoVision and, and television did it a little bit better but it was a little too ambitious at times whereas the arcade you couldn't mess around it was a business they wanted to you had to make a game you had to come up with some sort of game that would attract people to the machine put the quarters in take the quarters and move them along and i think that uh you know games like pac-man and burger time and defender were very successful in that because they looked sharp they had solid game mechanics and they were difficult and so people wanted to get better at them uh, they felt fair in their difficulty, so when you died, it was like, oh, I made a mistake, not I died because I don't understand what's happening on the screen, or just poor game design. You see a better track record with the arcade games that we're still talking about today, because they really did have to stand out and make money. If you got too convoluted, whether it's, you know, silly controls, or, um in-depth game mechanics they weren't successful because the either the cabinet was too ex expensive 
or the locations where they were dropped, it, the games didn't make any money because people didn't understand what the hell they were supposed to do. Uh, that Sega time traveling game, you know, okay, great, it looks awesome, there's these holograms, and I gotta pay $2 for this? I died once, I learned my lesson, I'll never play this game again. Yeah, It yeah. kind of <laughs> happened with the Laserdisc games, too, with your Space Aces and your Dragon's Lair. Like, we all remembered being kids staring up at that screen, being like, wow, it's a cartoon you can control, and then you played it for the first time, and you're like... Yeah, nah, I'm gonna go play Gyrus. I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, I, I just wasted half of my arcade fund on this game that I died in within 10 seconds. Nah, I'm gonna move on to something else. You, you couldn't mess around in the arcade uh, like uh, you could with maybe the home console because you could fool people with, a, you know, box art. And you got their money. Didn't matter, you got their money. With the arcade, it's like, hey, this thing ain't generating any revenue. Get rid of it. I think another smart choice is the graphical presentation and how cartoony it is. Toshiba Kai handled the graphics for Burger Time, and I think it's easy to see the through line between the choices of making food and a food-oriented game that would appeal to both women and children much like Pac-Man 1980 and Miss Pac-Man 1982 did. I don't know how popular Miss Pac-Man was, or if Miss Pac-Man was floating around in Japan in 1982, because there's a whole story about that with Bally Midway that I think most people are familiar with, but Bally Midway made Miss Pac-Man without the knowledge or consent of Namco, um, and there's all sorts of weird legalities about that, which you can look up on your own if you're interested in that. That's an interesting story. But Pac-Man was very popular in Japan with women and children because it was a very cartoon-oriented character. It wasn't a spaceship blowing up UFOs. It wasn't a shooter game. It was something different. A simple idea, mechanic speaking, it's like collect dots on the screen. I think Burger Time, in both its mechanics and graphical presentation, kind of cribbed off that a little bit. Hey, let's make a cute little chef. Let's make it clear what you're supposed to do. These are clearly hamburgers on the screen. You can tell this is an egg. You can tell this is a sausage. You can tell this thing is green and they're chasing you. <laughs> <laughs> so move away from them and make burgers. Well, and the art, the actual cabinet art that you now find on the box for the game and everything else that you buy for home consoles also, you know, took that cartoony thing, uh, the, the cartoony idea, and then made them look I just there. I think those images are more iconic than the game itself. The mm. images of uh, from the box art of you know Peter Pepper standing there with the food kind of chasing him. Like that's that would have been on the the marquee, I guess, at the top. Like those are sure. those are solid art that brings you immediately to the game, and you look at what you're, you're like, yeah, okay, he's being chased by these three food items. I can see on the screen he's being chased by these food items. Simple, clear, but it does. It would appeal to kids. It would appeal to. Uh, I mean, I think it would appeal to almost anybody. But it's not just targeting. 13-year-old boys that want to blast a space aliens, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to differentiate yourself somehow uh, with all the other games in the arcade. So I, I always have fond memories of Burger Time because of the art as much yeah. as the game. Like, I love how the entire package looks. Yeah, absolutely. It, it comes together and it clearly communicates what you're supposed to do. Even if you were just going into this game blind, Right? You're going to move the joystick, okay? You might hit a button and throw pepper for no reason, but you're going to move the joystick again to know I go up, you go the cardinal directions, up, down, left, right, go up these ladders, I'll walk across this, oh hey, I noticed that there's a dip in this patty, this bun, this piece of lettuce on this burger, I've walked across it, oh, it dropped down a level. Because we're talking about an arcade game, you had to communicate what is the game here? 
what's the challenge? The challenge is you got to make these burgers. The challenge is you got to make these burgers while these little monsters are chasing you. Clear, concise, distilled down to a really sharp idea, a really sharp game mechanic, and the graphics backed it up. The music was also something that in 1982 was a part of the arcade scene. While this jingle's probably not remembered as much as some others, the moment I hear it, I immediately know what game it is. Yeah, it's catchy. It's it's short enough to be repetitive, but not not irritating, but also not the kind of thing you're going to walk around humming later. It's not a tune that makes a lot of sense for you to walk around and... But I still, everybody knows that sound. It sounds like Burger Time and nothing else. And it's playing without it is weird. Like if you ever play the game at, at home, muted. Recently, we covered the... Atari version of uh, a Burger Time for one of our 2600 specials on Retrovaniacs, and that music's not playing the whole time. There is noise in the background. They mm-hmm. try to have a background track, but it's just not there. The Intellivision version did have a very good version of that arcade theme. It's slightly different, but basically the same. They hit most of the notes, uh, and it sounds pretty good. Uh, Nintendo version is pretty clear, but without that that soundtrack behind it, it's uh, the rest of the sound effects of the game are they're they're fine, but they're nothing that's gonna stand out. The shake of a pepper, the burgers go do 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 when you walk over them. Uh, other than that, there's no there's no noise. That's it. So you need that sound in the background to make it feel uh, almost like actiony. Like make keep the action moving with that sound. It definitely feeds into the frantic nature of what you're doing. It adds to the tension of navigating the screen and avoiding the monsters. It's kind of like Dig Dug in that in that respect. You know, Dig Dug, uh, the music isn't always playing, but it's playing while you're moving. And while you're moving is when you're digging and dugging, right? So <laughs> it's like playing Dig Dug without that music. I, I have to imagine, I've never done it. I, I, I gotta imagine it, it kind of detracts from the experience. Do you own, um, do you own a, like a arcade? I know you own ports, but you don't own the cabinet, right? No, if, if, if I was going to have one arcade game, it would be would be Burger Time. But I, I do not own any because I don't want to live alone. <laughs> Nothing against people who do own them. I just know that if I bought one, I'd be living alone. I, I do own one uh, with the support of the people who I live with. Um, but I, I lucked out because I, I have a cocktail table that has a 60 and one JAMA board and it came along with it. And uh, I will say that I, I, although I'm not good at it, I do return to it whenever I'm going through the cycle of the games. I, I, I'll i hit that. Um, I'll hit Donkey Kong 3. I'll hit Ladybug. It's a part of the rotation. Uh, speaking of going back to Burger Time and uh, within your rotation, any of these sequels, these Burger Time sequels are part of your rotation? You want to go down the list with me? And we'll, we'll Yeah, discuss I'd love to talk we... about these. I've, I've played most of these, so I'd love to discuss why they are not as good as Burger Time. Hence, I'm spoiling yeah. it ahead of time. So used to do a show where we talked about arcade games weekly, and we always try to talk about the obscure games. Burger Time, I don't believe we discussed that. I could go back and check. I don't think we talked about Burger Time, because Burger Time, in our opinion, in the scope of what we talked about on our show, was too mainstream for what we would discuss. But I do remember, I, I'm pretty sure I could go back to some of the other guys and go back to Keith and John and Esther, but I'm pretty sure we dabbled with Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory and like unanimously agreed that, nah, this game's dog shit, we don't want to play anymore. Because <laughs> normally we would give the game like, you know, anywhere between three to 12 hours of gameplay to really like sink our teeth into it so we could talk about it at length. I don't think any of us lasted more than, you know, three seconds 
with yeah. uh, Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory. Did you have a different experience? With... Uh, I did not. Okay. I did not. In fact, I played it again today because I was like, you know what? I didn't give this game a fair shake. You can find a, a U.S. official release of Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory only on the Daddy's Arcade Collection that they put out for. I have the, the Wii version, but I'm sure it was out for PC and some other stuff years ago. Mm -hmm. But they, that was the first time I'd ever seen this sequel. It was like, oh man, they made a sequel to Burger Time. I didn't even know about this at the time. So I, I was so excited and I turned it on and unlike Burger Time, which starts you out with a very simple goal, it also does not have incredibly fast enemies. Uh, the default setting for for uh, for Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory is that the game starts and enemies are running directly at you. You don't have pepper. They're, the only way to avoid them is you can jump over them, but it's burger time, so you don't think, okay, I'm going to jump. It's still that side mm -hmm. view like you got in this game, but instead of having burgers to... to uh, to drop down instead there's these empty ice cream cones and these ice cream balls you have to kick around the level yeah. to get on top of the ice cream cones I, it's not it is not nearly as uh, as obvious what you're supposed to do the ice cream can be also kicked in other directions like a weapon but then all that does is is knock the enemy out for a second and then they respawn in a corner of the map like they do in the it is i tried again today and i put a, probably an hour of time total into uh Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory today because I was like maybe I just it just hasn't clicked yet. Uh, I can get through a few levels now uh, and it's not fun. It's not a fun game. Unlike Burger Time, it always feels too hectic and too panicky and I couldn't find a rhythm to it. It is it is not nearly as good. I'm not surprised it did not show up here. Um, I am surprised it didn't show up on more collections of things since they did bother with a, a U.S. translation of some sort for the, this collection. But uh, you can skip it. It is nowhere near as good as Burger Time. Yeah, any arcade game that asks you to bring a protractor so you can figure out what angle to kick an ice cream ball so it lands in an ice cream cone yeah, can kick yeah, rocks. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. Tell me about Diner, 1986 for the Intellivision. So this was a sort of sequel. They had uh, Intellivision had put out this port of Burger Time. It was like their, you know, their their gold star arcade port they had. So the development team that worked on that uh, with Daddy's blessing did make a sequel that was in television only called Diner. It is actually very similar in idea to Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory in that instead of pushing around burgers, you know, dropping burgers down, you are kind of knocking these balls around into enemies. However, it's laid more as like an isometric view, so you can actually mm. aim the, the, the balls better, and the only goal is to knock them to the bottom of the screen. There's no... You don't have to like angle them weird onto a cone or into a box or anything. You're just knocking on the very bottom of the screen. If you can get all the balls down, it goes to another level. Um, it is much simpler than Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory. It has a, a tune that sounds very much like Burger Time, but not quite the same. You can tell it's the same feel, but it's it doesn't sound like they just changed one note or anything. It, it, it does have its own tune. And they use the same graphics for the food and for Peter Pepper. So you feel like it's another game that is from Burger Time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely a better sequel than Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory, but it's still nowhere near as straightforward and enjoyable for me as Burger Time. Uh, looking at it now for the first time, does it play at all like Crystal Castles? It's not that fast, okay. and and it is it, it has that angle to it, but it's... It's really pushing the limits of what the Intellivision can show you for mm -hmm. what the kind of game they're trying to do is, which is also doesn't help. I mean, again, it's impressive, yeah. but you you know the Nintendo would have been out by 1986, and you can see uh, an isometric game that does this far better on that system. So it actually feels like uh, you know you can get some depth. It's really hard to tell depth for me, at least, playing Diner. Gotcha. Um, Super Burger Time 1990 for the arcade. Have you played this one? 
Uh, you can buy this. They re-released this uh, as one of the arcade games, arcade classics, I guess, that's on the Switch. You can buy individually. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the Daddy's games have made it that way. Super Burger Time, however, though, is not. This is the case where they tried to build on Burger Time. Like Diner and Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory, they're like, here's the character. We're going to make a different game. We don't want to make the same game. Mm. Well, those didn't do well. So they're like, you know, what? we're going to make the same game. We're going to add to it. No, don't add to this. It, it's very hard to add to this without destroying what this the simplicity of this game. So Super Burger Time added new food types, including like this really tall string bean that can walk when he's walking across one level. His yes. head scrapes another level, and so yeah. he can die by getting hit by him. Um, instead of just walking over the burgers to drop them, you have to jump on the burgers several times to drop them down, uh, it, which is also not enjoyable. I, I mean, I'd much rather it, it, it ruins the game for me. And also jumping. Uh, why do you have to jump? You can jump over the enemies sometimes, but eh, it, it's just it doesn't feel as good as Burger Time. It feels like this was someone else's take on Burger Time and they just slapped the name on there later. But it, it it's not terrible, but I still would much rather play the original Burger Time than Super Burger Time. All right. Well, I played Burger Time Deluxe admittingly via emulation and probably a year or two ago um, when I was going through loading up my RetroPie. If I'm remembering correctly, Burger Time Deluxe actually does fix the issue with the ladders, but it is a... You know, this is a Game Boy game for the arcade game, and they don't try to cram a single-screen platformer onto the uh, tiny screen of a Game Boy. Instead, you're zoomed in, and uh, it, it's got some great-looking graphics for the Game Boy, and it's a little more forgiving than the arcade game. And I think that's because of the hardware that it's on. Did you play this one? I did. And actually, of the games we've talked about, uh, except for the original Burger Time, obviously, I this is my favorite. Burger oh, Time Deluxe cool. right. is great. Yeah. It's actually, if, if you, uh, I'm going to push a Patreon on your Patreon because I'm that kind of jerk. We have a Patreon for Retrovaniacs. And this was the very first game we covered because I'd never played it. Mm -hmm. And much like Donkey Kong 94 for the Game Boy, when you first see it, the box is just the art you recognize from the arcade, mm -hmm. and you start the game, and the first few levels, you're like, yep, this is pretty much a handheld version of this game I know. The first few levels of Donkey Kong 94 feel like, yep, it's it's Donkey Kong on the Game Boy. And the first few levels of this, you're like, okay, they changed things up a little bit, but it's still, it's still basically burger time. But after the first four levels, they mix it up a good deal. It doesn't go as crazy as Donkey Kong 94 with changing up the, the formula, but instead, it it's adds... It does add a new food. It has this giant donut who mm -hmm. is not awful. He's great because uh, he's only in certain levels and he's only one most of the time. Um, they do make the levels scroll around. Some of them actually cycle like a uh, scroll, like rotate. What's that where like it connects? So you're on the, le the right side and eventually it loops back around where the left would be yes. as opposed to just being a single screen. Uh, all of it works very well. And the levels are generally small. Uh, smaller than the regular Burger Time levels uh, and easier. And there's also a lot more of them. I think it goes up to, it's 1-1 one, one through 1-4 and then it goes up to, I think, 9-1 through 9-4. It's a good number of levels. It saves your place at the start of each world so you don't have to, to play from the beginning to end because, again, it's a Game Boy. You only have several hours of life on that so you don't want to you know, punish somebody because they can't sit in one, one time and finish it all before they run out of battery life. So it it's much more forgiving. It's much more fun. If, I, if, I, if you've never played a Burger Time and you can get Burger Time Deluxe, that's the actually the one I would say for current gamers go for that as opposed to the original Burger Time. It does control a little easier, um, but also it has 
there's an ending. You have a beginning and an end, and that's it. Some people don't like endless arcade games. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't care for that. This gives you a set ending uh, with, with little cinematics and stuff in the, in the middle of each level. It's 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 nice and, and a different spin on Burger Time, but still plays very much like Burger Time. Um, I, I will say, I don't know when you're posting this. Um, if you post before the, the 24th of, of uh, March, then you could find this on the 3DS eShop. Yeah, if for the club members this will be out but unfortunately for the free feed um happy thanksgiving you missed your chance <laughs> yeah you missed it uh but enjoy that thanksgiving turkey uh that's i don't think it'll come out that late i'd still maybe start with the arcade game and you're like hey i like the idea of this but this is too hard i think burger time deluxe uh is there for you and i would say have you played the lock and chase for game boy i have not but again i've already kind of mentioned i'm not a big lock and chase fan maybe i should try it though i'm i'm thinking that well do you like maze chase games that's really yeah, the of question. course so i would try the game boy game if you like it report back and maybe we'll do a handy pocket about it because i that's the version i would go to over the arcade game for sure um, because again, there's a lot of concessions with the hardware limitations, and those concessions made the game better, just like it did for Burger Time, in our opinion. How about Flintstones, Burger Time, and Bedrock for the Game Boy Color 2000? I did not play this game. I cannot find this game. I have heard about it. Uh, only when we talked about Burger Time Deluxe, I, someone on our, our Discord brought it up uh, yeah. a bunch. And I've seen pictures of it, and it looks... Like, it's Burger Time, but with the Flintstones theme. Uh, I'm not surprised I didn't try it when it was new, because this would have been around the same time as the movies that were terrible, and I was old enough that I wasn't going to watch the Flintstones movies. So, I, you know, I did not try this when it was new, and now I'm sad because it is literally just Burger Time with a Flintstones overlay. I think it's ba- it's the cartoon character, though. I mean, I'm sure... It, it, it is, yeah. but it was timed around the same time as the movies. Yeah. For, for re- generally... I mean, I think... I'm not going to go back and verify that. If I lied, you know, we're good. But I'm pretty sure that, that, that around 2000s when everyone was doing... You know, like the Addams Family movie, all mm-hmm. those older movies, the you know, shows that came out again as movies, Flintstones had at least two or three live-action movies. And I'm pretty sure this, this game would have been, you know, kind of pushed around the same time, even though it is the cartoon characters. Well, one game I know we both played, and it kind of got the ball rolling with this episode, was Burger Time Party. What'd you think of this game? So this was a complete impulse buy. I had no interest in buying this because I was like, this looks like, much like a lot of these Burger Time games. It's one of the, some of the ones we didn't mention, and they may not have been official, uh, you know, for a while, especially on the phone, like iPhone games or... Uh, or mobile games or Windows Flash games. It was kind of the Wild West. You could put out a Burger Time game that had absolutely no licensing or right to be a Burger Time game, right? Like, it wasn't an official sequel. They just called it Burger Time or Burger Party or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played a lot of those that were bad. I mean, terrible Flash games that were a, that looked like Burger Time but weren't. So, you know, when this, when this showed up on the Switch, I was like, uh, this isn't going to be good either. <laughs> but for whatever reason, my youngest son was like, you know, he kept looking at it. And it was on sale when I finally grabbed it. And he, I was like, you know what? I like Burger Time. You've been looking at this game because it looks like some other game you played on your I, in your iPad or whatever. So we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it and see if it's any good because it does have multiplayer co-op and also a multiplayer verse. I actually really like Burger Time Party, despite that graphically it feels like a Flash game. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't buy it. I was in the library, which is my son's blockbuster now, where we go... And he gets to rent games for a week, right, through there. And he saw this, and he was interested in it. And I'm like, well, I know Burger Time. All right, I'll give it a shot. 
um, just based off the box art, and then I saw Xseed put it out. And I remember Xseed from all the JRPGs in the DS era that they were bringing over here. And I was like, all right, well, at least that's a known company, right? Like, I've heard of this company. And the art style looked like they were cashing in on Cuphead, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Like, oh, you want to go for that 1930s animation style. I can dig it. The problem is, it ain't Cuphead. And there's not enough frames of animation to make you feel like it's Cuphead or a 1930s animated feature. And that is what makes it feel like a Flash game. Because while the characters look nice on the box, and they look nice when they're not moving, in motion, they feel very Flash gamey, and they also don't click to the goddamn ladder very well. No. What I will give give the game credit for is Xseed built off the mechanic by introducing simultaneous co-op play. So it was... I can't imagine playing this with four people, but at least with playing it with two at the same time, it wasn't a terrible experience. And if you're playing with your son or my son or your daughter, a younger, uh, more inexperienced player, this game will teach you how to play Burger Time because it's a console yes. game. It's not an arcade game. Well, and each level saves in between each level. It's like each board is its own single standalone level like a puzzle game. So you, you would... Get you know, put all the burgers together or the hot dogs because it's also not just burgers, it can be a different different foods in this one you can make. Each one's its own self-saved level. So at the end it gives you a score and like a you know, a rank based on how fast you were. It gives you a, a medal showing you, you know, if you were if you got this many points, you get a gold medal. So it's something to try for on these earlier levels fairly easily, that the later levels you're barely scraping by with a bronze and you're like, you know what, that's okay. I get to go to the next level and see what it is. Right. Um, we finished all the levels in the game, we had a good time with it. Um, the four-player mode I have played, but only as the uh like some people play as the the evil food and some people play as peter pepper so it's oh it's like you're trying to clear the level but you can have some people be smarter versions of the pickles that's fun i actually enjoyed that that's thoroughly. going back to the pac-man versus on the gamecube yes. that's cool i dig that we'll have to take the game back out we had to return it but we did have fun with it I like that you can revive your teammate too. I thought that was yes. that was pretty uh, cool. So basically, I'm gonna say CPR. It's not CPR, but if uh, your teammate gets hit, by, and there's life in this too, I believe there's a health meter. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's a health meter. You take a couple hits. You get stunned for a minute, and then you will wake up. You know, get basically get up and get stunned. So you don't have a number of lives because you're playing two players, but you have however many times you can get hit before you're out. Yeah, and then if you are like on the verge of being out your teammate can come over to you and revive you by hitting a button and then you'll come back right. and you'll keep playing um and your pal mr donuts back in this game as well he is he is and he does he has like a charging attack i think this game's definitely worth a rental and if you you dig it it's it's i think 20 dollars new it's not a lot of money we're talking about to get the game if you really really dig it and I think with the addition of this party mechanic and the fact that you just told me that other people can play the bad guys, I think Burger Time Party might be more fun to play than the current iteration of Mario Party because it's it, you, you can jump right into the game and you learn the game as you play and there's a nice incline of difficulty and you're doing something different than rolling a die and going across a board again and again and again. Well, I, 
I hate Mario Party, so I'm not going to defend Mario Party ever. I, it's my least favorite series of Nintendo games, and I, I just don't enjoy it. And my kids do like them. The only one I've liked, by the way, at all, was whichever one's for the Wii U, because you could play a mode where one person is Bowser and everybody else is trying to beat Bowser uh, through the race. So, like, you know, he, you're when there are multiplayer games, you're like the one thing that's trying to stop the players, as opposed to just these kind of madcap games where you're trying to just get more points than everybody else. So it gave me a reason, like they ganged up on me. That made it fun for me, yeah. for me to have like that extra level. But otherwise I hate Mario Party. Um, yeah, this is this is more fun. It, and even if you didn't want to take the time to learn how to play Burger Time, to, to go through these levels and learn, then you just go fine. I'll be Peter Pepper and you guys are the food. You can never die. I mean, yes, I can stun you for a minute, but you'll just respawn and come back in. And unless I get these burgers done, all you need to know is, hey, I have to run into that guy. It's sure. very simple. It's it's very fast uh, to, to pick up and play that way. And the games are short. You know, if, if, if you lose a level in 30 seconds, no big deal. Play another one. It's not like playing a game of Mario Party that after an hour you're like, well, I was winning. And then at the end, for whatever reason, it took three of my stars and gave them to this person and they won. And I hate this game. Yeah. And you blew out your Joy-Con because you had to circle the joystick around to make Yoshi blow up a balloon. Right. Right. <laughs> right? So, but anyway, we're not talking about Mario Party. We're talking about Burger Time. Jeremy, uh, thanks for uh, coming on the show and uh, talking about Burger Time with me. I can't think of anybody else to do it uh, better than you. And before we give our final thoughts, just remind everybody real quick uh, where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can always find Retrovaniacs, really everything we do, uh, not just the podcast, but our video channel, everything else at Retrovania.net. There's links to all of it. And for Subtastics, if you go to Subtastics.Bandcamp.com, you can find everything we've ever recorded for free. You can listen to it. And if you feel like buying it, that would be sweet, too. All right, uh, my, my final thoughts regarding Burger Time, the arcade game. It is a uh, challenging arcade game. I think it's worth revisiting. I would not expect, if it's your first time playing it, I, I wouldn't expect to get very far, but I think it's one of the games that you need to experience to appreciate what came before and to appreciate the things that it helped build afterwards. If you, like we touched on, if you like the mechanic but want to play a more polished version of the game check out burger time deluxe on the game boy i don't think you'll be disappointed not at all i think that's a great uh, i i honestly would say if you only gonna play one burger time play that one but uh what i like about burger time is you go to an arcade and you play any classic game even if you've never tried it before let's say you try donkey kong for the first time you're gonna die in donkey kong and lose that quarter before finishing the first level guaranteed donkey kong is very rough um, even if you're not good at burger time and you don't actually finish the first level, uh, it's a longer level. You feel like you get more money out of your quarter getting through a level or two of burger time. Uh, and it, I don't know. I, it's, it is the kind of game like Qbert uh, or Dig Dug, as you mentioned before. They're kind of these, they're unique enough that they're kind of like a standalone game. You can play a lot of games that are a lot like Pac-Man, but then you just want to play Pac-Man. And, you know, we said this is a lot, it builds off of the, the Donkey Kong, but it's not enough like Donkey Kong where you'd say, I'd just rather play Donkey Kong. It does its own thing and it does it very well. So Burger Time is definitely one of those games that I think belongs in that, you know, if you have a classic arcade pantheon where you, you know, you make sure in a movie like, uh, you mentioned uh, Wreck-It Ralph. It's in there. You know, I, I'm think I don't know if there's Burger Time in that movie Pixels because I've never seen it. Mm. Uh, but I know Kubert was like those are the kind of characters that are kind of timeless. If if you're people of our age, you'll remember, you know, Peter Pepper, and you'll remember Burger Time, and you'll remember this game, even if you don't care for it. 
it is it stands out and it's unique and that's hard to find there's a lot of games uh, even when you buy those collections you play a few minutes you're like oh this is just like this other game i'd rather play that burger time kind of stands on its own Well, that does it for this episode. I'd like to thank my co-hosts for joining me, as well as the members of One Rad Club, without whom these shows just wouldn't happen. If you'd like to show your support for these shows, check out OneRadClub.com. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to all the great shows on the One Rad Podcast Network. And for a little bit more than a dollar a month, you can unlock all sorts of other exclusive content and physical rewards. Again, be sure to check out OneRadClub.com. Thank you so much for your support. We'll be right back real soon.